Good morning and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Jay Foster. Today we're going to talk about last night's game. We're going to look at our first round matchup with Tampa. And we are also going to talk about Tortorella versus Keefe and how that impacted last night's win. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Alright, so... Put your hand up if you predicted that last night's game was going to go like that, because honestly, it's the last thing that I expected. Uh, I was talking to a couple of friends before the game and made a kind of a half-hearted prediction that the game was probably going to finish something like 6-3, and that the game winner was going to be real dumb. But I don't know which way it was going to go. I refused to pick a winning team. I just assumed that it was going to be a wash, um, which it kind of was, but not in the way that I was expecting. Um, my original series prediction, like, way back a couple of weeks ago, was Jackets in five, so I am feeling pretty smug about that, despite the fact that we never should have gone there. Um, we should have won game four, but, you know, it's in the past, doesn't matter, we won, we're moving on, everything is great. Um, I'm gonna start by talking about the good things from, uh, from the game. Uh, we only took one penalty, all game. Uh, I think we got a little bit lucky because I think the refs could very easily have called more. Uh, there was only three penalties called all game, and one of those was a too many men. So, um, you know, we we got lucky. Um, we especially got lucky, I think, with Zakorinsky not getting a major penalty for trying to decapitate John Tavares. But that's neither here nor there, really. Um, it is amazing how mostly staying out of the box does wonders for A, the momentum of the team, B, not allowing power play goals, and C, letting your lines roll as actual lines and not having guys like Pierre-Luc Dubois and Oliver Bjorkstrand sitting on the bench for two minutes and then never really getting into the rhythm of the game, which is what happened in game two and three, I believe. Uh, The defense was much, much better this game, I thought. Um... Much better defensive effort. Uh, we iced seven defensemen uh, to try and take some of the pressure off of uh, Zach Wierenski and Ryan Murray, neither of whom are playing at 100% right now. Uh, it kind of worked. Uh, Wierenski only played 22 minutes versus Seth Jones, 28. They normally play, you know, about even. Uh, and Murray only ended up playing 11 minutes. Uh, however, Marcus Nudevara, our seventh defenseman, only played like 1 minute 50. So I don't know how much of that the reduced ice time was due to the fact that we had seven defensemen and how much of it was just due to the fact that Tortorella is going to play Seth Jones until his legs fall off. So uh, we still got outshot 33 to 21, but apart from a couple of particularly hairy moments, um, there was a a good, a really good rush for the Leafs just after the two nothing goal that was um could be very dangerous and then Tavares somehow hit the post hit the back of Corpusalo's pad and the puck didn't go in no idea hockey is is voodoo sometimes um apart from those two moments really I feel like very few of the shots were um particularly dangerous um I went and looked on uh Michael Blake McCurdy's Twitter uh, at ineffective math to see the shot charts and only six of the 33 shots that they took uh, were in what I like to call the danger zone which is kind of that like 
six foot by ten foot box just in front of the net where most most of your goals are going to come from uh most of those 33 shots were from the blue line the top of the hash marks like right by the boards there were a couple that were like outside of the zone just why you assume were dump pins that landed on corpusalo mostly by accident uh but that's as a goalie that's what you want to see you don't want to see a ton of shots from the high slot or like three inches outside of the crease um because those are what we call high danger shots and we don't like those um it was really really good to see liam foodie score his first goal uh, i thought he had a really great game he is gonna be really good when he's you know done developing and baking um because the minute he's only 19 i think but he had a really solid a really solid game uh it was really good to see Warensky on the on the score sheet as well um after last game i did worry about his bionic shoulder um because he was on the bench getting something done to it and then obviously he missed the entire overtime period um but i mean whatever they did whether they shut him up with something or just iced the bejesus out of it like it must be working because apparently it didn't interfere with his ability to shoot the puck at all uh eventually i'm gonna stop waxing poetic about goalies that's a lie i'm never gonna stop waxing poetic about goalies but corpusano after getting pulled in game three um that was a really that was exactly what we wanted from him i think um it would have been much more expected i think if he got pulled in game three and then came back today and was oh last night even and was tentative and uh rattled but he seemed just business as usual um he and elvis have both kind of really really come on in terms of i think maturity in goal they don't look like rookies out there they deb they don't look um terrified which i suspected might be a little bit of what was going to happen um having two essentially rookie goalies in terms of playoffs um it wasn't the most difficult game he's ever played i don't think but a shutout is a shutout and it's basically as close to a technically perfect game as a goalie can get. So I was really happy to see that for him. Um, I'm going to give a small shout out to Jeff Saboda, who coined the term Merslikensian when uh, Corpusalo had a small adventure and decided to skate halfway to the blue line to stop breakaway, uh, stressing out me, all of Twitter, and presumably all of the Blue Jackets bench. Um... There were a couple of not-so-so-good things in the game. Um, we need to stop with the stupid hits. Um, Dubois on Muzzin, yeah, okay, it was a freak accident that injured him, really, but if he hadn't cross-checked him, then he wouldn't have fallen down. Um, and then Warinsky on Tavares last night. Um, we're going to get a reputation that I don't really want for the team. I don't think any of them really want for the team. Um, but... I think hopefully the fact that Warinsky got called for his uh, maybe makes them realize that actually, hey, they might get called for this kind of stuff and that they can't keep getting away with it. And hey, maybe they will stop trying to murder the other team. Um, the other issue is Elvis Muslikens was announced as unfit to play 
early yesterday morning, which I don't love. Um, I kind of looked back over game four to see if there was any kind of point at which he looked like he might have gotten injured or any point at which he was favoring like one side or the other. Um, I don't remember seeing anything, so I can't figure out what his injury might be. Um, and hopefully, you know, a couple of days of rest will fix it. Hopefully it's just like a sprain or he's pulled something minor. Um, I did theorize that it might have been when he threw himself across the net to try and stop that Matthews goal uh, in overtime. But I don't know, honestly. Um, I'm not worried about Corpusano in this case in the way that if it had been Bobrovsky that was unfit to play... Um, I would have worried a lot more because it was very much a starter backup situation with Bobrovsky and Corpusalo, whereas this is more of a tandem. So, you know, if Corpusalo gets injured, we have Elvis. Elvis gets injured, we have Corpusalo. Um, I will feel a lot more comfortable when Elvis is back uh, on the bench backing him up, uh, if only because I feel like Torts trusts him way more than uh, Matisse Kivlenix, who is our backup backup goalie and also our backup Latvian goalie um if we end up having you know another game three versus Toronto I'm not 100% sure that Torts will be as eager to put a guy like Kiv Lennox in as he was to put Elvis in because Kiv Lennox is much more untested and um I think I don't think he will perform as well as Elvis did on that kind of big stage uh you can only have so many goalies having their playoff debut on one team in one postseason, two feels like plenty uh, for me anyway. Um, coming up next, we are going to look at how Tampa Bay fared in the round robin and maybe make a couple of predictions about how the series is going to go. But first, let me tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it is basically impossible to go to your average storefront and get the exact part you need. Why would you endure the pointless and sometimes intimidating questioning from someone and have to wait for them to order the part before your car can be fixed, when simply you could just go on your phone or computer and head straight to rockauto.com? Rockauto.com is a family business, and they've been doing this online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, uh, even new carpets. If you can imagine it on or in your car, rockauto.com probably stocks it. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. So no matter if you are a professional looking to stock up on your own garage or you're a DIYer trying to fix your own car, uh, go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com just a quick reminder that we are on Twitter now. Uh, you can find the podcast at LO underscore Blue Jackets, and you can find me if you want more yelling about the Blue Jackets on your timeline at Jay the Goalie. Uh, but now let's talk about Tampa Bay. Um, and I want you to think back to last postseason. I want you to think about coming into the playoffs. Uh, I want you to think about all of those lightning in three games tweets and the broom emojis and everyone basically writing Columbus off before they'd even played a game. I'm not suggesting that Columbus is going to sweep them again. Like, that's the, that's the opposite that I'm suggesting. But 
I think it is fair to say that, first of all, the Tampa Bay this season is not the horrifying eldritch monster of last season. Um, Vasilevsky has only been okay, in my opinion. Um, he finished 15th in save percentage and about the same in goals allowed against and somehow got a Vesna nomination for that. Um, but Tampa Bay is also missing their captain, Steven Stamkos, and their number one defenseman, Victor Hedman, for at least the beginning of the series, and possibly further along. Um, Stamkos has been injured for a while, and apparently they've been saying that he's getting closer and closer, and then very recently they turned around and said, yeah, no, we don't know when he's coming back. And then Hedman, I believe, got injured in the game against the Flyers. Um, that's an ankle, ankle injury, so we're not sure when we're going to see him again. Um, it was interesting to see the Joe Smith, who covers the Lightning for the Athletic, uh, say that Tampa only ended up bringing nine defensemen into the bubble because they can't remember the last time a team used more than ten. But they're down headmen. Uh, Jan Ruta is unfit to play, so they're down to seven defensemen. Um, if Columbus's defenseman injury curse is transferable, uh, Tampa might actually be in danger of running out of defensemen. Uh, because they only have one spare at the minute, and you know, people, guys get injured in the playoffs. Um, it would be monumentally stupid to to write the bolts off, though. Even with all of that, they're not last season's bolts, but they're still they're the second seed in the East. Even missing their captain, their one D, they still have guys like Kucherov, guys like Braden Point, who I didn't hadn't really watched a lot of he's phenomenal um he's a little bit terrifying as someone who's going to have to play against him for seven games um they weren't super impressive in the round robin i don't think um but if i'm the lightning i know that my playoff spot is locked in my only aim with the round robin is to make sure i don't have to face the hurricanes who are going to be a problem for the bruins i think um, if I'm the Lightning, I treat the round robin as kind of an extended pre-postseason, or a post-preseason, if you will. Um, make sure you've got all your guys rolling, make sure everyone's as healthy as they can get them, make sure your lines are all in the right place, so you're ready to go. You didn't have to fight and claw your way there like the Blue Jackets did. Um, and I think that's going to be a real, a real step up for them. For the Jackets, um, I think it's super important that we kind of reset to zero. Tampa Bay is not Toronto. They are two very different teams, and I don't think we'll be able to throw Tampa Bay off and keep them to the edges like we did with Toronto uh, with our revolutionary coaching idea of putting players in the neutral zone and making it hard for Toronto to just skate down the ice. Um but one thing we do need to take from the Leafs series is uh, offense. Because the Lightning, like the Leafs, are a team that can and will score a million goals. Uh, we've seen it a dozen times. Uh, I don't think we're going to get three shutouts in five games. Uh, yes, I am counting Elvis's relief game in game three as a shutout because he played 49 minutes and that's basically an entire game. And this is my podcast, so I make the rules. Um... I don't think we're going to get that many shutouts, so we need to score lots of goals. Um, we only we scored two or more goals out of in four out of five games versus the Leafs. We scored three or more in three of those games, but I think we need to do even better. 
we need to be scoring, you know, three, four, five goals against them minimum. Because if Kucherov gets hot, like that's it's gonna be a bad time for everyone. Um no lead is safe either, as both the Jackets and the Leafs discovered this series. You know, you can be three nothing up with three minutes and fifty seven seconds left. And then you can lose in overtime, you know? Uh, I can only hope that, in terms of our offense, Dubois gets stronger and stronger. Um, he, Texier, and Atkinson looked really good this series. Um, I'm hoping Texier gets on the board soon. Um, it would be really good to see Bjorkstrand get get involved. He looked like he was kind of coming along. He looked like he was finding his feet last night. Um, he played really well with... Uh, Liam Foody, who ended up scoring. Um, I think they mostly had uh, Dubois centering them as well because we really only rolled three lines last night. Um, so it was good to see, good to see all of the young guys kind of getting into the mix and getting involved. And if they keep playing like that, then yeah, it's only a matter of time before the floodgates open. I think. Um, the question for defenseman comes up again. Uh, you know, do we keep sheltering a very clearly injured Wierenski and Murray, um, or do we try and give them the time off? Uh, I think we took 12 defensemen. Um, maybe maybe there was only 10 or 11, but it would be good to see, you know, someone like Marcus Nutavara get to play a little more. Um, when Wierenski was out earlier in the season, uh, I thought Dean Kukan did a pretty good job playing with Seth Jones and kind of being our... Um, store brand Wierenski, if you will. So maybe game one, you throw him out there with Seth Jones, see what happens. Um, I think a seven-game series gives you a little bit more leeway than a five-game series. And I think using game one to kind of test the waters and see what you have in terms of defense, while also giving Wierenski and Murray, you know, an extra couple of days off to heal might not be the stupidest idea in the world um coming up in just a minute we're going to talk about how john tortorella managed to outcoach sheldon keith and how important that was in terms of winning this series later this week on locked on blue jackets we're going to be holding our first ever locked on mailbag uh, do you have any burning questions about the blue jackets send them over to locked on at gmail.com and i will get them in the mix uh, tune in on Thursday to find out the answer to questions like what do the Jackets do with Josh Anderson when he's healthy and is the Blue Jackets rebound control uh, fluke or skill? One of my earliest hockey memories about kind of what it means to be a good coach in the NHL uh, came in 2015 uh, when the Chicago Blackhawks faced the Anaheim Ducks. Now the Ducks at the time had two pretty solid top six centers in Ryan's Getzlaff and Kessler. Uh, and meanwhile, the Hawks still couldn't find a, a second-line centre to gel with Patrick Kane and Brendan Sard, but they did have perennial Selkie candidate Jonathan Taves on the top line. Should have been an easy, ma easy matchup for Boudreaux. Match his top centre, Ryan Getzlaff, against Jonathan Taves and shut him down, giving Ryan Kessler a chance to kind of run around and cause chaos. Um, and during the Ducks' home games, it worked pretty well. Um... They managed to keep Jonathan Taves mostly under control, um, but then when the Ducks went to Chicago, they started having some issues because Joel Quenville decided to match Jonathan Taves up against the Kessler line, Kessler line and basically ran rings around them. Uh, and it managed to throw 
Boudreaux and the Ducks off his whole game. Um, the Ducks ended up losing that series after being up 3-1, and the Hawks ended up going on to win the cup. Now, fast forward back to last night. For the Jackets' home games, three and uh, which were games three and four, Tortorella's plan was pretty simple. Um, he wanted Dubois playing against Tavares, and Boone Jenner, our current second-line centre, playing against Austin Matthews. When the Leafs went nuclear and threw out their matthews Marner tavares line, Dubois basically had the run of the rank, because... Jenna can and will bounce around and cause chaos against their top line all game. And the matchup for game five, I talked about a little bit last episode, did worry me. I thought that, you know, correctly, that Sheldon Keith would go with the Matthews Tavares Mana line of death again. Um, but I also thought he would choose to match that lineup against Dubois because he has the matchup, he has the last change. Um, Dubois has been causing problems on purpose all series long. But for some reason, uh, Sheldon Keefe chose to send them out against the Jenna, Felino Gus Nyquist line, um, which gave Dubois, Texier, and Atkinson, which was already a very kind of strong offensive line, basically free reign to do what they wanted. Um, which I don't get at all, um, but, you know, I'll take it. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see who matches up against the Kucherov line to start Tuesday night. Um, Tampa has home ice advantage, so, you know, I assume that they want him against Dubois, but apparently I don't know anything about coaching or optimal matchups in the playoffs, so maybe they will start him against Jenna, and we will get to see Dubois kind of ruin everything. Um, I think that's all we have time for today. Uh, tomorrow we are going to give some letter grades to the Blue Jackets forwards for the Leaf series, and we're going to look a little bit closer at the strengths and weaknesses of Tampa Bay. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at jaythegoalie. You can find this podcast on Twitter at lo underscore bluejackets. Uh, if you want to get in touch or you have any questions for the mailbag, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And remember to subscribe and review on the podcast app of your choice. Now... Why don't you go and listen to our national show, Lockdown NHL, where I sat down with their host, Sarah Avampasho, to discuss last night's win and look ahead to the next series. Meanwhile, I will see you tomorrow.